Hi there, welcome back to Restoration of Women's Virtues. I'm Pastor Mary Jean Pigeon, and I'm happy to be with you today. This is live streaming on Thursdays at noon, but you can also pick us up at any time on Restoration of Women's Virtues webpage or YouTube or Facebook. So we invite you to join us. We've got lots of episodes that have gone before today. Normally, in the last few episodes, Miss Chesley Riggs has been with me, and um, she can't be here today. She's busy with many other duties. So I'm flying solo today. <clears throat> so I might not be able to welcome you as you join in, but um, trust me, we're glad you're there. We've got some interesting things to look into today as far as women are concerned, as far as the kind of enemy we're facing is concerned. I know last week we were um, looking into the fact that we have a vicious enemy that comes against us. And this week we'll kind of see how he targets women abundantly, much more than, uh, than we would like. But there's a reason for that. And so I felt like when I was uh, coming here today that the Lord wanted me to tell you that he needs you ladies. He needs women. He needs the men to be men and the women to be women because we're both made in the image of God and he needs us to be who he created us to be. There's a, a warfare in the air uh, and the only way for us to fight is to be in the order of God that God's got for us. So our order we've seen in the past few weeks, <clears throat> our order is very important. Our orderly arrangement that God's created an entire universe that's in order. And so therefore the power of God can flow because of the order that he's put us in. So uh, our, we have slides that help you follow along, but I would encourage you also to have your Bible and make some notes, write some notes. So um, I, I don't think we as women realize how important we have been because we have been under attack so much through the long centuries of years. And um, God wants us to know how important we are to him and the part of aspect of who he is that we portray and that we fulfill. Our first, our first uh, uh, slide and our first scripture would be in Galatians again, reminding us, I like, I like repetition. <laughs> Repetition's good. Because sometimes I figure if I can't remember what we talked about last week, you can't remember what we talked about last week. So we want to be sure and uh, repeat a little bit. But this is a very important scripture in Galatians 4, 4 and 5. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. So um, notice that, well, in the first part of that, the fullness of time, we are in the fullness of time. And when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son made of a woman. And the, the voice and the mood that that is in, in the Greek, you could literally say, he made himself of a woman and then to redeem them that were under the law. So when you're talking about the, the move of redemption, uh, it says in the Hebrew, in the Jewish books and the Hebrew uh, part of it, uh, in, the, in our next slide, mother in Hebrew is E-M. And the point being that God always moved, when he moves in redemption, he moves in his feminine, side. Remember in the beginning in Genesis 1, 26 through 28, he said, let us make man, 
the human being in our image, meaning the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, the image of God. He said, let us make man in our image, in the image of God. He created them, male and female, he created them. And so when he moves in redemption, the Jewish people say, he's moving in his feminine aspect. The motherhood side of God is where he moves from in redemption, when he's coming to redeem. redeem. And it said, he made himself of a woman under the law to redeem them that were under the law. So it's kind of like, you know, the motherhood of God. It's like, you know, you don't mess with a mama bear's cubs. When a, when a, when a woman, her children are threatened, she, she could probably pick up a car. I mean, she could do just about anything she needed to to protect her children. And that's, that's what God is saying here. And when he comes to redeem us, and when the church is going to be raptured out of here, because of the evil and the wickedness of so much. And once we've done a demonstration of the glory of God, which requires us to be in order, by the way, once we're, we've, we've demonstrated the power and the love and the mercies of God and the goodness of God, He's gonna lift us out of here and that will be the redemptive side of God. So you can see as women, and not just women, because men and women, when we, when we develop in the fullness of Christ, when I talk about the role of the woman, remember something. Uh, Jesus, uh, the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwells in Jesus. So male and female dwelt in Jesus. And so um, the, the, we are being conformed into the image of God. So if you're, uh, when I talk about the role of the woman, if you're a man and you're born again, spirit filled and developing in the spiritual life, you, you, don't, you can carry the fullness of the Godhead along with Jesus. You, you're being conformed into his image. So it doesn't limit you to not be a part of this. I think the church would be the ones that God would uh, be using for the redemption in the last days. But the woman on an individual level can relate to that um, more intently. So the motherhood of God, E.M. was Aaron and Moses. And then the next slide would be Esther and Mordecai, and then Elijah and Messiah. And the Elijah and Messiah part hasn't come yet. So just to let you know that God will be looking, ladies, to using you. You have aspects of himself that he's going to need in the days ahead. And the devil knows that, and it makes him gnash his teeth. And so you, you can sense him as a female, there's a sensitivity, and we'll see in just a minute when we get into the, the, rulers, uh, the rulers of the darkness of this world. Um, as a female, you can pick up on things before they actually manifest. And so it's so important that the male and the female roles and images of God get along and respect one another because we need each other. And the male helps protect the, the tenderness of the female, but the female... Uh, reveals things to the male that he might not would know had she not been there. So uh, we need each other. And so uh, it's important that we get along. Uh, last, you know, last week we were talking about how uh, we have a well-organized army, if you will, well-organized and well-trained army against us. And remember last week we looked at the book by Rick Renner, this one right here, Spiritual Weapons, actually dressed to kill. 
is is the where it comes from. Uh, we have a well organized, well committed, well organized, and well trained army of demonic forces coming against us. And he made mention that he questioned the Lord if if they're so organized. I mean, if if the church has so much power, how come we're not winning the battles? And it, and the Lord told him because we are not well organized and committed and trained like they are. And that most Christians don't stay in a church more than one year. So being committed to the things of God, being committed to the call of God in our life, keeping ourselves ready. You know, uh, Pastor Jack C. here at West Houston Christian Center uh, made the comment that God's getting ready to exhale. And when God exhales, we need to be able to stand steady. Amen. We need to be firmly planted. And so uh, it's important that we find our place that we need to be planted in. So I encourage you, if you're not in a local church or connected some way to a local church, I encourage you to get there. So uh, this well-trained, well-organized army, we'd say, let's not open the door. Don't, don't open the door anyway, because if they get in, they're coming in full force. And so you want to make sure that your doors are shut, that you're, that you're tightly tucked away so they can't um, uh, steal, kill, and destroy in your life. In Deuteronomy 28, 15, I've always thought about this through the years, it says, but it shall come to pass if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. If thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. And um, that these things, certain things will happen. I didn't put the whole scripture there. So let me see if I can find it. Well, in Deuteronomy 28, 15, it, 1 through 14 is telling you all the blessings if you will hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God. But on number chapter 15, I mean, verse 15, it says, but if you don't hearken unto the voice of the Lord, your God. And when it says that, it means uh, it's, it's in a certain mood expressing an incomplete action. But then it says, if thou will not hearken, uh, then these things shall come upon thee. So you just have to crack the door a little bit, an imperfect action. It doesn't have to be much. It can be strife with a person, you know, where there's envy and strife, there's confusion in every evil thing. It could be uh, taking offense. Love does not take into account an offense. Uh, unforgiveness. These are little cracks in our armor that will keep us from being able to uh, resist the devil that he might flee from us. A lack of knowledge is, a, is an important one. My people perish for lack of knowledge. And then disobedience. These are just a few. I mean, I, I, I'm sure you could think of others. But the point I'm making in Deuteronomy 28:15 is that um, you just have to uh, uh, not hearken a little bit. But if you will not hearken a little bit, an incomplete action, this, this stuff will come on you in a complete action. So bottom line, if, if the devil can get his foot in the door, he'll push the door wide open. And you're thinking, well, he just, it's just a crack. It's not much. It's not a big deal. That's not really a big deal. But it becomes a big deal because he will take that inch and make it a mile. And so it's important that we watch over ourselves. Amen. So um, remember, in the last days, in the fullness of time, which is where we are, 
Holly Ann, I just saw your name come up. Good to see you. You're a, you're a sweetheart. And, and so in the, in the fullness of time, and we feel like we are in the fullness of time, and Jesus, what struck me in years back on this scripture in Galatians, what Jesus made himself of a woman to redeem them that were under the law, I thought, you know, God works in patterns and principles. And so if he did that the first time Jesus came, then that's how he's going to function the second time Jesus comes. And Jesus will come in form of a rapture for the church that's made herself ready. You have to make yourself ready to go. You got to be packed up and ready to go. Uh, years ago, I had a dream. And in the dream, I was standing in the foyer of our house. And um, I was talking to somebody and I was in my bathing suit. Don't ask me why. I don't even put on a bathing suit anymore. But I was in my bathing suit. And this person I'm talking to was telling me to go on outside so everybody could see me. And I said, I don't want to go out in my bathing suit. And so I said, Sides, have you seen the sky out there? So we walked out on the front porch and looked up in the sky. Looked like these lights. It was just pure white, shimmering white sky. And as I looked at the sky, I lifted up my hands and I could feel myself lifting up off of the ground. I think I was probably this far up off of the ground. And I'm asleep. I'm having a dream. And I got real excited. And I woke up my husband because I said, oh, my gosh, we're going. Oh, my gosh, it's time. And we're going. We're going. Oh, my gosh. And he got he got mad. He said, oh, for beat's sakes, what are you doing? And I, after I settled down a little bit, I said, Lord, I don't have a lot of influence over a lot of people. But I said, why wouldn't you give that dream to somebody else? I said, what am I supposed to do with that? And he said, Tell the people to deal with issues quickly and travel light. So we do, we do need to be ready. And I think that's a part of our uh, motherhood of God, our femininity, our preparing the households. Uh, and we we're talking about prayer. Women of being women of prayer, being women that know how to use the word of God, be, knowing how to have God as our healer. And he's our doctor and his words, our medicine and the power of God and how to release it. That's the things we've talked about in the past. And so it's important that we uh, deal with issues quickly and travel light because those little minor issues of strife and unforgiveness, you know, as far as strife goes, where there's envy and strife, there's confusion in every evil thing. I look at strife as you could be in this, this building that we're in, in this room, and it's all you know, there's a ceiling, there's walls, there's a nice, good foundation. But uh, uh, if strife enters in, what happens literally in the spirit is strife rips the roof off of the house. And so there's no protection. And if you if it's in your home between a husband and a wife and there's children there, the children lay open to the works of darkness and they're really susceptible to it. So it's important that um, the husband, the mother and the father stay at peace with one another. And uh, with the tools we have to work with, we can work it out. Amen. So uh, God moves in his redemptive power. And it just takes a little bit of opening and cracking the door for, um, for the devil to get his foot in the door and push it all the way open and be pushy. He's pushy. The Holy Spirit requires an invitation He's a he's a gentleman, but the devil is is a bully. 
and he's pushy. So don't let him push you around. You got to push back. And that's what we're learning to do. And let me tell you something, ladies. He is afraid of you because he knows you pick up on his shenanigans quickly. So I, I encourage you not to doubt some of the things you think you're hearing. They seem weird. They seem, oh, surely that's not right. But you just be careful there because it could be right. I'm not saying they're always right. And that's really one of the reasons why we need to be submissive in our attitude because you're not always right, but you could be right. And you want to process, run it through a process and, and test it and see if it's right or not. What you feel like you're hearing, what you may sense that you're hearing about something. So we had looked last week, I showed you in this little book, Dressed, uh, it's an excerpt from Rick Renner's book, Dressed to Kill. And we know that we saw that um, from Ephesians. Now I've put this in the Amplified because I wanted to show you something. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it says, For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, in parentheses, contending only with physical opponents. And we talked about that last week. But against the depositisms, against the powers, against the master spirits who are the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural sphere. So, uh, and if you truly walk with God, and I, I believe this, if you really walk with God, first of all, he'll keep you humble. <laughs> You'll stay humble if you're really walking with the Holy Spirit. I had a lady tell me one day that she said, one day I'll be talking to 10,000 people and the next day I'll be in a room with eight, eight people in a home Bible study or something. That's it's so you don't get to thinking more highly of yourself than you ought, I guess. But if you truly walk with God, you will come into direct contact at some point with these principalities and powers and the rulers of darkness of, of this world. Uh, and notice that in the scripture, it says contending only with physical opponents, but against the depotisms, against the powers, against the master spirits and against the spirit forces of wickedness. That word against is face to face. It's a face to face in uh, interpretation. So you will come face to face at some point in your spirit life if you're walking in the Holy Spirit. Because that whole, when you're walking in the spirit, you're carrying an anointing and the anointing is what breaks the yoke and lifts the heavy burden. And in the anointing is what makes the devil mad. He cannot contend with God's presence. So he's got to try to distract us and get us out of the presence of God uh, to stop us because the anointing breaks his yoke and he's got to stop that as best he can. Listen, in the this wrestling uh, we looked at some of the boxers. Uh, Paul was looking at the sports arenas of the day and there were boxers, wrestlers and Pancratus, which is a massive amounts of power. And we talked about raw power that had to be trained and put in order and equipped. And um, he, he said in there that the Lord told him, if we will match the discipline, organization and commitment that the enemy has in his camp, then we will begin to move into the awesome demonstration of God's power. Amen. So the rulers of the darkness of this world, I want us to look at Genesis 
Remember, the, uh, that was the Pancratius or Pankratos, is the way the Greek app puts it, Krato, Kratios. But um, in the rulers of the darkness of this world, that's what we contend with. Principalities, powers, authorities, rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. In the rulers of the darkness of this world, we would go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 16, and it says, God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And so in that, the greater light, we go to the next slide, uh, is to rule, it means dominion, rule, government, and power. The greater light is the sun. Would you agree with me on that? The sun the lesser light, and this is all in these books here. The lesser light is um, to rule the night, and that's the moon. And uh, I can show you in scriptures that in Psalm 19.1, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. So what God is showing in the heavens, Genesis 1.16 the greater two great lights, the greater light has a dominion, governs the day. The greater light is the sun governing the seen world, the day. And that's a man's world. And the lesser light, the moon, reflecting the light of the sun, and it rules and has dominion and governing powers in the darkness, which is where the devil lives. That's where he does his work. He has to do his work in darkness because if he brought it into the light, people wouldn't buy into it. And so he, he has to sneak. He's more crafty than any of the other creatures, remember? And he has to sneak around. He has to lie. He has to deceive. He has to talk you out of your own power because he has none on his own. And so um, women pick up on him when he's in that unseen realm because that's where our dominion lies. That's where our anointing is. The world calls it women's intuition. Uh, I've heard many men say, you know, they just their wife picks up on something that they just n never did even pick up on. Uh, a man and his wife, I, remember, I think it was even Dr. Dobson. He was interviewing a guy to hire him, I think. And he, uh, they went out to dinner and the wife just said no. And he said, why? She, she just picked up on things. And that's why we need each other. You know, we, the women need the men, the men need the women. Sometimes we get too emotional, get too much going on, and they need to help us focus better. So there's, there's, gift, there's strengths and weaknesses in both sides because of the fall. And uh, we, just, we just need to help each other fulfill the destiny God has for us. Amen. So it says, now the greater light rules the day, the lesser light rules the night. And it says, th this backs it up. The heavens are declaring the glory of God. The firmament shows his handiwork. So he's saying, I'm manifesting my glory out in these heavens, the sun and the moon and the stars. I'm manifesting my, the heavens, uh, my glory in the heavens. But in 1 Corinthians 11, 7 and 8, it says, For a man indeed ought not to cover his head, for as much as he is the image and glory of God. But the woman is the glory of the man, for the man is not of the woman, but the woman is of the man. So the man is the glory of God. The woman reflects the glory of the man. Remember, she compasses about for attack or protection. A virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. Literally, it means she compasses him about 
as a protective shield in to favor him. That's other things that are in these two books. And we will probably cross into those sometime in the future if you stay tuned. These are these play into so much of our Christian growth and so much of our understanding and so much of, of the power flow in our lives. I'm promising you uh, it's just there's well, I'm on down the road in front of some of these things so I can tell you that they work. It's God's ways and they work. And so I encourage you to hear me what I'm saying. If I don't, if I'm saying something, you don't quite understand it, please write a comment and we can deal with it next week or something. So that would be good. So the the two great lights, the greater light rules the day, has a dominion and governs and has power in the seen world. The lesser light has power and governs and has a dominion in the unseen. We're dealing with two realms. You have a seen natural world and you have an unseen supernatural world. And each, the male and the female image part of God uh, carries a dominion and an anointing for each one of the man, the seen world, the woman, the unseen world. And so um, uh, then, then we're going to look at Genesis three fifteen and 16, where we're um, in the fall after the woman listened to the voice of the devil and ate and then fed her husband standing there with her. See, we, f- we feed into the family, ladies. And so it's important that we keep our spirits right. But in the correction of that, when Jesus, when God came down and walked in the garden with them, by the way, when it says he came and walked with them in the cool of the day, literally that means he walked with them in the spirit, which is what we have access to today. His spirit wants to walk with our spirit. That would be like walking in the cool of the day in Genesis. And when he correct, brought the correction on each one of them to the woman, he said in verse 15, three, Genesis three fifteen. I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed, he's talking to the serpent now, and her seed. It shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Now that's a prophetic word about Christ coming and and Jesus Christ. But also note that the woman, he puts enmity. Enmity, it says in the New Testament, there's enmity between the flesh and the spirit. Enmity is hostility. There's a hatred and a hostility about it. So he's going to put, there's a hostility between the woman and the devil. Why, why would you think that's so? I don't know if we can move forward. Uh, where is it? Where is it? To the slide 28. Two more, two more up. Stephen. Because I want to remind us when it said that the lesser light rules the night, you see, you see these three heavens. We've looked at them over the last few weeks. These three heavens in the middle one, the second heaven, it's darkness. And so a, a ruling there to pick up. I mean, the woman has an anointing to sense things before they come into the light of earth. She can sometimes pick up on things. And I will say the church herself, a born again, spirit filled person who's walking in the spirit would be able to do the same thing. So, um, I'm not excluding men, uh, men that are trained in their spiritual in spiritual things have that same aspect about them. Just like women who are trained in spiritual things carry can, can pick up on the anointing of the male 
the men who are trained in spiritual things would pick up on that anointing that's uniquely female. So uh, to, to know that that's, there's an enmity there. And so the devil has to, because he knows that we can pick up on his shenanigans, he has to deceive us. He has to keep, he ha, you know, he, I don't maybe I shouldn't say that. He has to keep, he has to make us look foolish. He has to get us out of order. He has to put a pride trip on us so we think more highly of ourselves than we ought, um, which is, I think, where women are today. Uh, but I, there's a legitimate cause that created that situation in our lives. Women have been so um, put down, reproached through the years that they got tired of that and they came busting out of there and now they're way out beyond their boundaries again, um, but the other direction. You can either be out of order through um, uh, what the Lord told me one time, an upside down pride where you just don't think God could ever use you. You could never do anything. He can't use that. If you don't believe that he can, he can't use that. But then again, you might think, I don't need God. I, I, I can do all this myself. Well, that's true pride. That's what we call pride. But God calls pride when we uh, put ourselves down so bad that we don't allow his, uh, any place for him to work in our lives. We don't trust him. And so we want to um, be careful with that. Amen. And so this enmity between the woman and the, and the devil, I wanted to read a few things uh, and then we'll be having to close down, I guess, pretty soon. I wanted to read, this is from a book right here. What Paul really said about women. It's a good book if you're interested in the whole subject of women, church, and the, the, the uh, scriptures that are, you know, um, controversial about women keeping silent in the church and all that stuff. He really addresses all of those in, in the language that it should be put into. But the, here's a couple of things. Socrates immortalized the Athenian disdain toward women, often referring to women as the weaker sex. He argued that being born a woman is a divine punishment since a woman is halfway between a man and an animal. That's what we used to be talked about that way. So you can see how we were, the, the reproach of the devil has been on women through the many, many years. And uh, then another place it said, the philosophers of Athens then bequeathed to the world a double indictment against womanhood. From the classic period, especially in the teachings of Aristotle, came the conviction that women are inferior to men. Therefore, women are to be commanded by men and used for the pleasure of men. I was I was raised in that era when men would say um, a woman is men would say um, a woman is only fit for a man's pleasure. So. But we've learned different, haven't we? So uh, uh, the teachings of Aristotle became the conviction that women are inferior to men. Therefore, women are to be commanded by men and used for the pleasure of men. Then from the Stoic philosophers came the conviction that women are a distraction and temptation to men. Therefore, women are to be avoided by men who would thereby be free to pursue those qualities that make, the, make men superior. So in other words, she's either a big distraction or she's not fit 
And anyway, these are the attitudes that have been against women through the years. But like I said, we got tired of being put down that much. There's a, uh, I, th I think we may get into this next week, a little book that, that is an excerpt from this book called Above Reproach. And it's when I was started discovering the image of God in me as a female and uh, how this reproach, which has been on women through the years, but our answer to it has been to overcome it in, in the flesh, not by the spirit. And so uh, we, we have to be careful how we answer these things and to be sure and answer them in the spirit that God wants them answered in. And to bring the correction, to bring the real true picture, like restoration of women's virtues, restoring women to her original power and purpose. And th that would bring peace between the two genders, the two images of God. And um, at any rate, we look at this. This came from 1 Samuel 17, where David fought Goliath. This reproach, and it's not limited to women. Everybody has it from the fall. But women have a double dose, I think, where the devil, because remember, there's enmity between his seed and her seed. And we have a dominion in the darkness, which is where he gets, he has a freer reign because people don't see or understand what he's doing. And women can pick up on that. They got a special anointing to sense these things. And so that's why they need the, to be submitted to the male. And, and, uh, and the two need each other. And so, um, Let's see. I want to see where I want to get to the enmity between the two. You know, next week, I think we'll stop here because next week we want to get into Lucifer's fall, where the devil came from. The, the point being, we're, we're, we're talking about the power in prayer. We're talking about the power and influence of the female, we're talking about how the tools that we've been given to use to, to fight, to do the warfare and to fight the battles are to stand in faith for the battles that God won at the, that Jesus won at the cross. And we want to, um, uh, uh, have a look at our enemy. We we're coming to find out what a vicious creature he is, but we have the power we saw in the, in the three heavens there. We have been raised up and seated in the heavenly places in Christ. But the darkness is where we as female and the church in that position have a, an anointing and a ruling and a reigning and a power to govern in these areas. We just haven't known it, you know, we just haven't known it. And it's helped me a lot when I start maybe putting myself down to realize no. And like the Lord said, tell the ladies, tell the people that I need them in the days ahead. And the, the winds are blowing. They're going to be blowing harder. And um, God's getting ready to exhale. And when things start coming back into order of the kingdom, it's going to make the devil really mad. And it, it is making him very mad now. So I encourage you to come back next week and we will investigate some more. We're going to be looking at uh, Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. And uh, we may even look at First Samuel 17 and see that whole thing, the, the fight between David and Goliath. That's that's powerful to know 
that this reproach is a Goliath. It's not something you um, win a battle once and it's done. It's something we have to contend with on a regular basis. And all of us, male or female, this came on us in the fall. And we have to stand guard against it all the time. So God bless you. Thank you for tuning in today. I look forward to being with you next week. Leave your comments. Leave your prayer requests. Leave your questions. Let's chat. Okay? Thanks. Bye.